Hey everyone, and welcome back to the First Act Podcast. I'm your host, Harry G, and today's episode is for all of you supporters, and especially the naysayers who don't believe in the impact Web3 is currently having on the future of the music business. This is part two of pioneering the music industry in Web3 with Spotty Wi-Fi. Listen in as we break down Spotty's unique path to how he made $250,000 in under 60 seconds using NFTs to working with artists like Snoop Dogg. Spotty and I share tips and tricks on how independent artists can thrive in today's music industry by building online communities and creating unique experiences for your fans. This is an episode you won't want to miss. And now, hosted by Harry G., This is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top. Whether you're trying to build a job in pop, rock, or any other artsy schlock, here's your top dog with info that can't be bought, it's gotta be sought. So sit back, crack a six-pack, cause we're about to chit-chat and rip facts. It's the First Act Podcast. Right, and so which cryptos were you investing in during the bear market? Like, you know, do you wanna wanna share some stories about, you know, uh, I guess, which projects that you believed in? So I started out in 2017. I was buying shit coins. <laughs> like I was, I was buying alt altcoins uh, right before the crash in 2017. But then, thankfully, when Bitcoin dropped to about the 3500s, that was actually I think the first time I ever bought Bitcoin. Was I? I almost bought the bottom. Basically, uh, it went a little bit lower. I think, but. Very close to the bottom. I was also buying some Ethereum at like eighty-five dollars. Wow! You know, and 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 not not a lot. Not I'm not saying I was like, oh, I I bought a lot of Bitcoin or I bought a lot of Ethereum at that. I didn't. I bought what I could. You know, I bought what I could afford. Um, but it was enough that by the time the prices recovered, it was like, oh wow, I finally. I have more money than I've ever had. I've always been in debt. I've always, you know, had credit cards, loans, all these things. Uh, and then, you know, once finally, like Bitcoin recovered and 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 crypto recovered, it's enough to where, like, oh wow, this is this is great. This is actually, it's a to me, it's a life changing amount of money because I finally feel like I have a cushion. You know, I have a savings that I can fall back on, um, and so. Yeah, that uh, that was that's my main big wins. I would say during the bear market was buying Bitcoin, buying Ethereum. Once the prices started to recover, I did try to like I did try to play with the altcoins more again. But once I get into NFTs, I I, I started with Top Shot. Then the first ETH NFT that I bought was my CryptoPunk. So that was a big purchase in February. So January was top shot. February was my crypto punk. I I bought a few other things here and there. In can, May I bought. Oh, can, oh, I ahead, how, can I ask how much you bought the crypto punk for? Yeah, the the crypto punk was twenty seven. At that time, that was uh, a little over forty grand. So twenty seven ETH, a little over forty grand US, right? I, I presume you because you're yeah. based in the US. Yeah, correct. It's a lot of money. So, so for you to be shelling that out on, on an NFT, why did you believe in the CryptoPunks project so much? So at this time, I had met a few CryptoPunk owners in Top Shot. So they kind of introduced me to it. At the same time, I st- if you remember January, February last year, 
that's when you started seeing and hearing big investors and billionaires talking about NFTs. Uh, there's a guy named Chamath, I forget his last name, but he's a big early Facebook investor and, uh, you know, has a bunch of other really big investors. I think Uber and stuff like that, that he was very early on. And he started talking on CNBC about how he was building his NFT portfolio. He didn't mention CryptoPunks, but just felt like he's for sure buying CryptoPunks because at the same time, I was seeing Mark Cuban talking about how CryptoPunks are priceless. CryptoPunks are the rookie card of NFTs. And as I was learning more, I just... I felt like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, they are the standard in terms of uh, how smart contracts were written after them, uh, after they developed and after they came out. And I just like, I just felt like it's a, it was an opportunity for me to diversify. You know, if I believe in the blockchain, if I believe in there being more applications than just money. Uh, then I think this is this is going to be historic. And I was thinking of it as like the the new age Mona Lisa or the digital Mona Lisa. And I I, I literally Googled the um, what do you call it the like the value of the Mona Lisa. And I said I'm buying one ten thousandth of the Mona Lisa because there's ten thousand crypto punks. So I took whatever the whatever Google the Mona Lisa was worth and I divided it by thousand. And I was paying less than that. So I was like, you know what? I think it's a good, good. And that was literally my, my, as sophisticated as I could get in terms of my, um, you know, my, my thesis with it. That's cool. And yeah. And I mean, CryptoPunks is, has, it's, it, it's amassed a lot of value, the brand. And so are other people in the community doing similar things to what you're doing, where you're taking on a persona of your crypto punk within the community. And you now, now you have your own community as well, where you've branded yourself. I guess you've rebranded as, were you, were you rapping as well before? Uh, I was, I had taken a long time off of music. I used to be a full-time musician, but it, it had been about eight or nine years since I had been doing music. Okay. So, so now you've, you decided to take another stab at it and a breathe new life. And now from a web three perspective and, you know, a fresh perspective. And now you have this whole persona of being the first crypto punk rapper. Now, are there other people in the community that are, that are sort of using that persona as well and staying anonymous? There are some, yeah. In the crypto punk community. Um, yes. Yes, to different degrees. A lot of people, of course, use their CryptoPunk as their avatar on social media or their profile right. picture. Uh, a lot of them are anonymous. So that is that that was happening a lot last year, even before I ever bought a CryptoPunk. You know, that that was like very common amongst cryptos. There are a few others that do things like, you know, they have a podcast or a YouTube show and they use a or they use a uh, a little, uh, Snapchat lens, like I'm using that sort of thing. Right. That was part of, yeah, that, that was part of my inspiration. One of my good friends that I met along the way, he was one of the first ones to do that. His name is crypto Novo. Um, another good friend of mine, G money is one of the others, uh, to do that. And so that was part of the inspiration. I still don't know of anyone doing a musical project with their crypto punk, uh, what is much more common now is musicians doing it with other NFTs. So for example, the board apes, you know, Snoop Dogg has 
an alter ego or a persona for his board ape. Timbaland, the you know multi-platinum Grammy award-winning producer, he has one for his board ape. Right. Um, Eminem, you know, Eminem has a board ape, and he's a, he's got his board ape in a music video with Snoop Dogg's. This is this is a, a trend that I think is is here to stay. I think it's not going to go away. And in terms of using an NFT for that sort of identity, I believe me using my CryptoPunk was the first examples in music. That's pretty. That's pretty inspiring. Like, how how does that make you feel? And did you ever imagine that you would have this sort of attention, or or people would follow suit based on the decision that you decided to make? Yeah, I, I could say yeah for sure. I, I I was just retweeting a tweet that I sent last year where I was saying like you know soon it'll be commonplace for an album cover to have a board ape on it or a doodle or a gutter cat or whatever. Yeah, I, I did. I just it just happened a lot faster than I thought. You know, I, I yeah. definitely because I, I definitely thought it would it would happen as as the metaverse became more ubiquitous. But I thought it would take years, you know, um, and I, I, I mean, I also remember like when I sold my album, like I said, I generated about a quarter million dollars of revenue in a day. That's like that's probably 60 or 60 million streams on Spotify worth of revenue for an artist right 60 or 70 million streams yeah uh, maybe something like yeah, that about something like that because it's usually about three thousand to five thousand dollars per per million stream okay yeah and so i i remember at that time i said look if i was able to do this as a small indie artist with with a very micro following 700 fans that bought the and, 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 and how did you get these fans like how did how did you decide that you wanted this to be a project where you're going to start marketing to fans and where did you get your fans? How did they buy, how did they learn about your music NFT? What did they get? You know, I'm kind of curious to know a little bit more about that process. So my, my fans were enthusiasts, web three people, crypto people. Like I make music for them, you know, Uh, because, because that's, that's what it was all inspired by. Uh, I would say the the best way that I built my audience was really through storytelling within the lore of different NFT editions. So the the whole album last year, it's a concept album. So I'm the story of this character, Spotty Wi-Fi, perspective, you know, and he's rapping from the from his perspective in the metaverse. You know, so he's telling about his daily life in the metaverse. He's, he, I guess, where I'm talking about, you know, my board ape homies that, that are also that I collected. I collaborated with uh, a pretty popular, if, if not controversial, crypto punk named Art Chick or Digital Art Chick. We did a song together. So it was really through collaboration and like adding to the lore different collections. You know, there's different storylines within the Board 8 community that I wrote about in one of my songs, things like that. And then developing storylines for my character, Spotty. And that was something people hadn't seen before. We did a lot of animated content, animated music videos, animated concerts, performances, things like that. And these were things people hadn't seen before. So that kind of grew my awareness or people's awareness of me from April to August of last year. I bought the CryptoPunk on February 23rd. I dropped the first song on April 16th. 
and copying music, launching the album you NFT dro- on. Sorry, you you dropped you dropped your first song when April? April sixteenth. Yeah. April sixteenth. Yeah. Sorry, you, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I you, our, our Wi-Fi is a little spotty. Oh uh, no. Okay. You you, you must hear it all the time. I do. I do. I'm sorry to hear that. That's that sucks. But um, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully it'll get better. I mean, it'll level out or we, we can edit it in post-production. That's fine. Um, okay. You know, and then so you said April 16th, you dropped your first single. And then so is this the uh, is this the album I'm Spotty or you're talking about the full set that you released? So so there's a song that the album is called I'm Spotty. And yeah. the first sing, the first song was also called I'm Spotty. So that right. was my my first single in April. Launched the album NFC collection. A couple things that we did that were unique. One, I believe it was the first album from an indie artist where it was a blind mint, meaning you buy the NFT, but you don't know which NFT you're getting until you get it. So like there's there's seven songs on the album. When you minted, you would either get one of those seven songs or you would get a remix and the remix those are really rare right right and so there were there were all these different remixes you could get each of the different versions had different artwork no matter what whichever one you get you get a copyright license to that particular song so you could use that song in your podcast your television show your film your video game your advertisement whatever you want uh, you could repackage the song. You could remix the song. You could put the song in another NFT and sell the NFT. Uh, whatever you want to do, you could sublicense the song. You could let somebody else pay you to use the song as long as you own the NFT. I still own my masters. I still own my publishing. And that's very important. But you have basically a sync to use it or sublicense it for other forms of content. Like a performance royalty. I would still like if you if you put my song in a commercial and the commercial aired, I would receive the performance royalty because I still own my masters and my publishing. But you right. have permission to use it for whatever you want. Okay, so so uh, so they would not be getting a consistent royalty stream or revenue stream from it, but you would. They're just they just have the permission to use it. Correct. Exactly. And and they, they can use it in the original version that they have as an NFT, or they can remix it. You can even go on my Discord, and I'll send you the stems, but the files that you need to do an official remix, you know, whatever you want to do. Right. Um, so that, that, that was pretty innovative. Like, I don't believe that had been done before. Exactly. It's definitely very innovative. I love it. And, and so I have a lot of questions because I'm curious. You said there were seven songs. And you said there's, there might be different artwork or there's some some remixes on the songs. Like how many remixes did you do for each song? So there's one song, the, the, the lead song, I'm Spotty. That is a song that we did remixes for, okay? Two of the remixes are on the album, okay? So it, it gets a little confusing. There's seven songs on the album. Three of them are different versions of the song, I'm Spotty. Okay. Okay. And there's an additional 24 remixes of that song, I'm Spotty. Okay. So if you're counting at home, there are 27 total versions of the song, I'm Spotty. Three of them are on the album. 24 of them are not on the album. And then there's an additional four songs 
on the album. So there's 31 total uh, versions of NFTs. Uh, 27 are, are versions of I'm Spotty, and four of them are other songs. And of those 31 different pieces of music, there are 31 unique visual pieces of artwork that go with them. And there are 2,000 total NFTs. So some of the songs are quite common. Uh, some of the songs, there are hundreds of them. Some of them, there are dozens of them. Some of them, there are than 10. Some of them, they're, they're one of ones. They're super rare. Um, and that's that was also new. You know, n- nobody that I know of had ever had rarity traits on an album from a from an artist, you know, from a musician. You know, we're used to that when you're shopping for a CryptoPunk or when you're shopping for a Bored Ape or when you're shopping for almost any type of NFT. You're used to seeing different rarity traits, but that wasn't happening in music, at least not from a from an artist, like, an, like a, a recording artist. There might have been musical projects where a computer or an algorithm was generating the music, but for a solo artist to do something like that, all by hand, you know, not not like algorithmically generated, but all produced by hand and remixed by hand. That was new. That's crazy. Wow. And so, so what made you come up with this type of idea? Like, how did how did you come up with this idea? And you obviously you must have just believed that it was going to be successful because you, you had been amassing a community. Were you using Discord or Telegram? Like, where, where was your community living? Uh, mostly Twitter, actually. I had a Discord, but my, my Discord was pretty quiet until like the week before my drop. We saw a, a big influx of people the week of the drop at Discord, or basically just Twitter, to be honest with you. And honestly, that, that was really before Twitter Spaces was popular. I, and and I, I didn't even have an iPhone, so I wasn't even on Clubhouse. So it was really 90% Twitter. And I didn't have like a ton of followers. I had like five followers the day we dropped. How many? So like five, like I had like 5,500 followers the day we dropped. The truth is, you know, I, dr- I had tremendous timing. One of my greatest strengths of this whole story was timing because I dropped this project in August which was a very, very strong month, you know, in terms of the bull market and sales and everything. But to answer your question, you know, like I believe, I believed it would be successful, but I believed it would be historic. I didn't, I didn't really think we would sell out in a minute. Um, I didn't know if we would sell out at all, but I was confident that we were something that nobody had done before. You know, nobody had turned a crypto punk into a musical character or a project, you know, no done that with before um, any with any NFT. You know, nobody had done the rarity traits with an album. Nobody had done the copyright license the way I did it. We also offered a vinyl record with. So there's 2,000 NFTs. There's 2,000 vinyl records. So everybody got something physical in addition to something digital. Yes, all they had to do was that. That took a few months. So we sold the album in August. By December, you could go on my website and the vinyl referee as long as you NFT. Um, and some of those are still available, by the way. If you're interested, if anybody's interested, you can go buy the NFT. And as long as there's a vinyl still available, it hasn't been claimed, particular NFT, which you can search and look it up on my website, then you can still get the, the physical to go along with the uh, NFT. Um, we also did like some 
we've done some voting rights type of things, like giving the giving the collectors input over certain decisions that we make uh, for my career. The first thing we ever did right after the sale was I asked the community, I said, we're going to have a vote. Should we put the songs on Spotify? Should we put them on Apple Music? Should we let people download the MP3s or should be very exclusive and private with the music and only let it be in the NFT as a format? And I'm very proud that they voted overwhelmingly to put the music everywhere. You know, the, the music is on all streaming platforms. You can go on my you can download the MP3s. You know, all, all of these things basically uh, were, were the types of utilities that we were talking about. And now we've gone on to also do private concerts that are token gated where you have to have my NFT to enter. We, we've, we started doing, we did our first private event at NFT NYC last year in October, November. We did it again at NFT NYC this year, uh, which was in June and, and got, you know, more things things up our sleeve as well in terms of like merchandise and, and exclusive experiences that we're working on. Thanks for tuning in to part two. Stay tuned for part three. Remember, new episodes release every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific. See you there.